Hello and welcome to Improper Thinking. My name is Jerome and I am casting from San Francisco, California. Today we'll be talking about privacy concerns and government regulation. It's an interesting topic and one that people have been seeing a lot in the news and a lot of interest coming from advocacy groups, from government, from tech companies. Everybody seems to be wanting to deal with this issue of privacy. And I don't think anybody realizes or have have defined what privacy means to the tech industry, to the users, and then to the community. And then looked at it in a way that we can address it effectively and make sure that we're doing the right things by the tech companies, by the users, and the overall effect that technology is going to have on the community. When we think about privacy, we think about a lockout. We think about not being able to access anything and a way for users to get what they want without having to divulge or give a lot of the information that might be required to provide that service to them. So if we look at, in general, privacy, and we look at services and products that are delivered to us, you know, and I always look at an older way of how we did business or how we got services to see what are the fundamentals of what we need. Because let's face it, everything that we're now inserting into technology, we've done before. It's like, for an example, internet banking, right? We've all gone into the bank and done this manually. So when we think about internet banking, it's about the same sort of interaction, but just through your device to make it easy so that you don't physically have to go down there and you don't physically have to wait in line and you and you don't have to deal with all the issues of that. It's faster. But the action that is required and how it gets done is is pretty much the same. The workflow is pretty much the same, you know, taking out all the personal interaction stuff. So when we look at privacy and we look at services, let's take buying a house or buying a car. Let's use car for this particular example. So you'd go into a dealership and you would look at the car. You would talk to the salesman about whether it, this is your commute, this is where you're driving from, uh, working back from San Francisco City to San Jose. So you need something that's fuel efficient. You have a family, so it needs a, to be a five-seater with some cargo space and you surf. So it would be nice if it came with roof racks. You don't need a tow bar because you don't particularly use trailers. So what you're doing in there is you're giving the salesman the information, your private information, that he needs to help you in order to put you in the right product. So you're giving him information about your life. Now that way, he's not selling you something or showing you something that does not meet your requirements, that you're going to look at him and go, Oh yeah, the two-door sports car is not going to do it, buddy. He needs the information in order 
to give you the correct service and to give you the correct product. Now let's move that experience online. So you're browsing for cars at the moment. And then we say, okay, we're going to make this easier and we're going to grab some information so that you don't need to put in everything. You don't need to tell the salesman everything or you don't need to to go through all these filters on your computer and, and put them in. We want to make it more intuitive because if we if we face facts, everything is moving to a more intuitive way. It saves us time. The moving from going to a physical location to doing it online saves us time. Now, how do we make online better and more productive and more streamlined? We make it intuitive. Intuitive means that it knows you. It knows that you have a family. It knows where your commute to work is. It knows certain things. So data that is shared to a specific site or to utilities on the internet are shared with the expectation that it's being used to better streamline your experience. I think most users would like to think that. And then on the other side of the coin, you have sites that are drawing in that information really to exploit it, sell it, and get as much out of you as they can. So let's take the scenario now that we've, you know, we, we've kind of had a look at the why you have to give information to a particular entity or organization or company. And then let's now go to the specific example of social media, because that's the one that's in the news at the moment. That's the one that is facing the most amount of scrutiny. And the, the reason is on one side, the social media company is saying, here's a free utility to benefit our users. In order for us to provide this free utility, you've got to give us rights and access and for us to do whatever we want with the content that you produce. And there's some very egregious issues here. <laughs> One is you're kind of signing over a blank check. You're signing over all of your content to a company to do whatever they want with it. Because the content aids or connects you with your friends and your family, makes you feel part of the community, what you're doing is you're effectively giving a license to this company to use that content any way they, they feel fit. Now, it's that blind spot that creates the largest problem here. I'm hoping most people saw Mark Zuckerberg sit in front of the Senate inquiry in, in Washington and answer questions about privacy. The biggest issue that I saw was that he could give any answer he wanted and nobody understood or wanted to challenge or push back enough because nobody really understands technology in a technical way. And so if you don't understand something technically and somebody who is technical is sitting there saying, oh yeah, we need that to provide a better experience and we're using AI to fix this and we're 
using, uh, you know, a, a team, we're building a team of people to explore this option. You're thinking, well, sounds reasonable, but you don't know because you don't have a full grasp on technology. And so a lot of the questions were soft. A lot of the questions went pushed and a lot of his answers were accepted. And that's kind of where the disconnect is on tech companies. And it's not until a major incident happens that there's a reaction. So clearly, if there's major issues that are coming up constantly, and if we look at Facebook's track record, it, it you know, with the European Union and we, and we look at their timeline on privacy issues, there's a lot of stuff there. So things are continually coming up. So it means that they don't have everything in check. It means that whatever their AI is that is dealing with the situation is clearly not dealing with it. So we go to a point where we say, okay, policymakers are not technical people. Tech companies have to then think about one, how they're doing business. Because public perception nowadays is a big thing. Ask United, who, you know, decided to do whatever they wanted to do, dragging a passenger off the plane, and then all of a sudden, public perception and sharing is so fast these days that their share price just plummeted. The same can happen for a tech company. And if you don't want to look at a at a scenario where a tech company is laying in waste because people have just left it on mass because they haven't done the right things by their community while still asking their community to do the right things by them on the platform and benefiting from it to the tune of billions of dollars by using that community's intellectual property to get rich off while treating them kind of like, you know, second-class citizens. I think we, we've got to step back and we've got to give some tools to the policymakers and to the government to allow them to effectively make changes while not having to become technicians themselves. And one of the things that you know, I want to do with this podcast is talk about the simplicity of how we can fix a few things and what policymakers should be pushing for in particular. There's really two avenues that we can look at with data privacy. And it all forms around disclosure. And I think disclosing creates transparency, which allows things to happen on a level playing field. When you're hiding uh, certain things from the public while while you're using their personal information, it creates a dark place. So for me, the first avenue, point one, tech companies should have to disclose when they're, when they're monetizing or when they're earning 
from people's private data and they have to disclose how. If they're selling information with names, numbers, and people's personal preferences to advertisers or advertising analytical companies, they have to disclose it. Because if I'm on a utility, um, which is meant to be a free utility, by the way, that's how it's told to people, but it isn't. Because the way Facebook blocks the utility from working fully, they actually set it up so that you have to pay to use it to its full effect. So if you have, let's say, 100 friends and you put up a post, it might reach 20%, 30% of your friends, but it's not going to reach all of them. You'd have to pay to boost your post for all of your friends to get that post from you. And if you wanted to message them all through Messenger, you couldn't do that either. Facebook limit the amount of messages that you can send to friends. So if you try and message them one after the other, they'll lock you out. Um, and you can't do a group message to all of your friends. So they don't want you communicating with everybody at the same time. They want you to pay for that right. So the free utility, I don't believe is it's really free. And the fact that they're making you sign over your content means that it's not free. Um, or the use of your content. So... Going back to point one, the disclosure of information from a company that is earning or monetizing user data. So if they're selling it to an analytical company or if they're passing it through uh, any identifiable information whatsoever has to be disclosed. And that disclosure has to be updated regularly and be up to date. When people can see that, they know the full risk of having their profile and their information up on that particular company's website or application. So the disclosure of what a company is selling past its doors, because the agreement that you have when you enter Facebook, most people and, and this was widely said in the Senate inquiry with, with Mark Zuckerberg, is that most people don't read the terms and, and conditions or the, or the privacy policy before authorizing the, the, their profile on the app. That's, that's a given. So whatever's in there, the, it's assumed that the user of, you know, that's going in to create a profile and the and the company, the user's thinking, well, I've got an agreement with this company or application. And so they're not instantly thinking about third parties into this equation because you're entering a safe, protected environment with this application. So everything I put on Facebook is on Facebook. They're not thinking about the third party consequences. So if that is implied, and I think it is implied from both Facebook, and I think it's understood by the user, then that then any anything that goes past Facebook's doors should be disclosed. So that's the first one. Anything for earning and monetization purposes. So clearly defining those. Because, you know, it's not to say that 
the tech company can't collect data because we understand that they have to in order to deliver services and to make things intuitive and to, to give us a better experience. Most tech companies are going to have that argument and the argument stands because when you understand how technology is developed and how we want it to be intuitive and we want it to be a part of us, it has to have those increments in it. And you cannot punish all tech companies to say you cannot collect private data. Apple collects your private data. And one of the biggest collectors of private data, but they use it for your benefit. And it's a closed system. They don't let people come in and harvest it. So they, they're a model of effectively doing it. Don't quite know what Google is doing on the other side, but you know, I think that's a three-headed monster that we don't want to go into today. So it can be done effectively and it can be used for your benefit. Amazon, to a, to a point, does it. I, I don't know how, how their sharing works on the other side, but I also think that they're a little bit loose in how they handle people's data. And I think third-party companies and um, applications benefit from Amazon's Amazon knowing so much about you. But, you know, that's, that's for another day. The second part of what policymakers need to to do to get to this um, this place of, of making tech companies accountable is you need to disclose what third parties can access. Whether a third party app is accessing it or not. Because the way I see it is this. Mark said when he was in front of the Senate inquiry that apps you can go in and, and try and log in with with facebook um you know the facebook login on another application and then you have to authorize facebook to work with that and you know now somehow parts of your data shift across to that application and you're now logged in with facebook to another application but there has to be some simplicity in Facebook explaining exactly what is available to the full extent to third-party apps because the way I read it and the way I see it and I've, I've had a look at the Facebook um, API is that different apps can request different bits of information so how about disclosing a full list of how much information third-party apps can get so we can see the totality of the information that can be shared with applications and then giving the user the options to turn some of those off. So if an app, for instance, if I can see in my privacy page that an, that a third-party app can access my buying or my search activities for products or my internet search activity, I can turn that off. Because we don't Yes, we authorize another app to use our Facebook to log in, but we don't know what that app then is accessing from that point because all that is done behind closed doors. All that is done on the server side. So if we have a list of the totality of what apps can, can access and then we can decide whether we want that or not, it gives full disclosure with these two rules, 
We know two things. We know exactly what information Facebook is selling of ours. Because the point number one is that Facebook are now gonna, or company is now gonna disclose what user information they are earning money from. The second part is going to give us full visibility of just how much data we're sharing with a third party, such as Cambridge Analytica, or such as another data harvesting site. And it gives us the control to say, no, we don't wanna do that. Now, if a community application or a social application decides not to deal with third parties, well, that's easy. The disclosure is we don't monetize your data and we don't sell it. And we certainly don't make it available to, for other people to access through our API for free. But in Facebook's particular example, and let's say Instagram and let's say Google, we want to know exactly what you are selling because you're not paying for it. You're not paying us for it. We're not being compensated. So the licenses has to be limited. And, you know, in order for us to make it available to you, you have to disclose what you're selling of mine. You can't just sell something of somebody if they don't know what you're selling or if they don't have a reasonable or if you haven't given them a reasonable way of finding out, you know, and nobody's going to read, you know, 100 pages of, of policy in order to find out. So the disclosure has to be done in a, in a simplified way. And I think that can be figured out, right, and, and, and put into regulation. And then the second part is, show me a list of the totality of what I am sharing with third-party applications. What can they tap into the API and access of me? And let me tell you something. At the moment, people can access almost anything from you using Graph API. So there's apps out there that right now can access your entire account when you give them authorization to do so through Facebook's API. And you don't know what it's doing on the server side. So you don't know how much information they're taking. Facebook recently, it came out that they've, they've started banning 30 applications already that are accessing data improperly. That's how bad it is. That's how much they've given or allowed and have no control over that data. The fact is that these companies could have been harvesting Facebook data now for 10 years. So the amount of data that they have on you is already vast. I think we need to work on these two policies. I think this is this is the starting ground that needs to be discussed because once you create transparency, then it's really easy for policymakers to to decide on the business model and to decide on the user rights. So get out of the technical stuff, get out of the AI, get out of the the thinking and talking about how a company works technically inside and where the servers are. And I started this in my dorm room and get into the things that really matter. 
once we get transparency, then we can equate that to user rights and then back to the responsibility of the company. So I hope this has helped with a little bit on the privacy side and I hope it has helped with, I guess, understanding what tech companies need in the future, which is information, how they deal with it and how they treat it should be for the benefit of the user. And if it's not, if it's to the benefit of the company and the company's receiving a benefit and not compensating the user, then there should be some transparency and the user should know exactly what's going on. This is Jerome with Improper Thinking and thank you for joining me today. Our next podcast comes out on Wednesday and we hope to see you then. Thank you. (laughs) 